0: Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, October the 12th, and this week I'm joined by my colleague Pam Daz. Pam, very much a themed issue of The Lancet this week relating to maternal health. Can you explain more?
1: Yes, that's right. 20 years ago, the Safe Motherhood initiative was launched by WHO and others to help reduce the severe global burden of pregnancy-related illness and death. So a number of individuals who felt very strongly about maternal health not being addressed high enough on political agendas organized the first International Safe Motherhood Meeting in Nairobi, Kenya, which brought attention to the high number of maternal deaths and challenged the world to do something about it. Twenty years on, we have research, we have experience that shows proven waves, to save most of these lives but unfortunately maternal and newborn health still receives inadequate attention and funding. So next week in London there's going to be a global conference to mark the anniversary and also create fresh political will to save the lives and improve the health of women mothers and newborn babies around the world. It's hoped that there'll be about 1,500 delegates, many from ministries of health, from finance, from development fields, all trying to come together with new ways of investing in women that will make pregnancy safer and enable women to deliver which is the title of the conference not just for the next generation but everything that development advocates work to achieve economic progress literacy productivity basically all the things that women can contribute to to tackle the overall goal of reducing poverty
0: thanks very much pam and returning to this week's issue which obviously is themed to the conference happening next week we've got well virtually the whole issue from research articles to reviews commentaries, our World Report section, it's all relating to to maternal health. Can we just talk through some of the content highlights? I suppose the most obvious question that arises, and actually it's addressed by one of the articles, is how do you actually measure the amount of morbidity and death associated with pregnancy and childbirth?
1: Before going on, I'd like to say that this issue would not have happened without Anne Starrs, who's the incoming president of Family Care International, one of the main organisers of the Women Deliver Conference. I'd just like to say a big thank you to her. One of the problems is measuring maternal mortality, but we have new estimates published in this special issue on maternal health which show that 535,900 maternal deaths Happen every year. Most of these deaths happen in sub Saharan Africa and Asia, and there's been very little improvement in sub Saharan Africa in the past 15 years, which is very depressing. At a global rate of decline of 2.5%, especially in sub Saharan Africa it's unlikely that the Millennium Development Goal 5, now this is one of the 10 goals that the UN agencies all signed up to uh, back in 2000, which is to reduce maternal mortality by three quarters, by 2015. It looks like, according to these new estimates, that that target will not be reached at this current rate.
0: Thanks Pam. And one key and controversial issue that obviously relates to maternal health when we're talking about pregnancy is access to safe abortion for women worldwide. Content-wise in this week's issue, how, how are we adding to knowledge in this area?
1: Well, similarly to the estimates for maternal mortality, we now have fresh estimates on global rates and trends of all abortions. So authors uh, from the Guttmacher Institute in New York have found that despite the worldwide abortion rate is actually slowly declining, the unsafe abortion rate is essentially unchanged. By unsafe abortion, what I mean is abortions done either by people lacking the necessary skills or in an environment that does not conform to minimum medical standards or both. So these include abortions in countries where the law is restrictive and abortions that do not meet legal requirements in countries where the law is restrictive. So what the authors say is they make a really sort of clear and compelling case for better access to contraception as well as safe and legal abortion services as a core tenant of improving the health of women worldwide.
0: Pan, there is some good news here there, isn't there, coming from Bangladesh?
1: That's right, yes. Corinne Ronsman and colleagues from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine have actually been monitoring Bangladesh in the last 30 years. So Bangladesh has a number of different interventions all trying to tackle maternal and child survival. But one of the things they show, which is quite striking, is that access to safe abortions is among one of the major factors that have led to a substantial decrease in maternal mortality in Bangladesh during the past 30 years.
0: And Pam, an interesting point you make in the long editorial, which obviously sets out the scene for this themed issue on maternal health. And that sort of, if you like, compares, if you like, the lack of political progress to do with the Safe Motherhood Initiative and and what we're talking about here with something like the HIV pandemic, which clearly over the past same time frame, past couple of decades, has really captured political imagination, has been a very successful campaign at many levels. Why is it, do you think, that HIV-AIDS can can be so much on the political map, whereas something so fundamental, like women's health, relating to pregnancy and childbirth, doesn't seem to get a look in it? It seems extraordinary.
1: Yes, you're right. Uh, Much can be learned from the HIV-AIDS world, I think. There's a number of reasons why HIV has done so well in capturing attention, political will, and the hearts and minds of the world. The strong wave of AIDS activism in the 1980s and 1990s, together with well-organized groups of civil society who've, you know, got together and demanded access to life-saving services, has given that sort of prominence to HIV AIDS, which, unfortunately, maternal and child health, although there's been activism there it's just gained nowhere near the same kind of traction and this actually is a reflection of the low status accorded to women's issues in political circles unfortunately women are still second or even third-class citizens in many societies and also the empowerment of women this is really vital many women die during pregnancy and childbirth because their right to sexual and reproductive health is denied Too many women become infected with HIV because they don't have the power to protect their own health. And too many women are subjected to violence. So, you know, the choices are just not there for women as they are for men. And unfortunately, they just haven't gained that kind of traction that They really should. Another thing that can be learned from the HIV AIDS community is that they developed a very clear strategy for success. They could see that HIV AIDS was affecting crippling people in the most productive years of their life. So they took the issue beyond a medical and public health sphere so that it became recognised as a socio-economic issue, which is very important. And I think this is where the big shift has occurred now in people who work in maternal and child health. They can also use that same argument, that the deaths of mothers and children, in fact, has an impact on communities and societies and countries. That women are not only mothers, but they are actually contributors to society. The links between maternal health and women's status and broader development are actually described, reviewed very nicely by Rohini Pandey and colleagues from the International Center for Women's Research in the U.S., They support the notion that if you invest in women and their health, it pays off to governments as well as families. And that's what the strong theme of this whole issue is, as well as the Women Deliver Conference next week. Invest in women, it pays.
0: Thanks very much, Pam. Just to say that a special web focus is dedicated to this issue this week, where you can also access audio from the media launch held yesterday uh, on Thursday, October the 11th in London. Pam, thanks very much for joining me. Thanks for listening. See you next week.